Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Again, good morning. Welcome, church. Welcome to the first Sunday of the year and a cold one at that. And what happened was, is all of God's people were complaining so much about how hot it was at Christmas, he just turned the thermostat down on us. So I want to welcome those of you who are here at our Keller campus, those at our McKinney campus, our Haslett campus, and those of you who are watching online. Let's give them a hand uh, joining you this morning. You know, Pastor Ron at our Haslett campus texted me this morning, and he said it, it was so cold that we had to heat up the locks to work, and you thought about, well, doing mobile church in 19-degree weather might do that for you, but uh, I'm excited about this time of year, because we get past Christmas, have a little bit of a break, and then, you know, uh, I don't know what you did over Christmas, but I just, we just, our family watched Cobra Kai, the new season, and we just killed it, and I'm, I'm still pulling for Johnny, he's got to get it together, so Johnny, if you're out there, come on, man, get it together, Okay. But we had such a, a good time as a family, but it's, it's also great to come and, and start off the new year in church, and it's a great time to hit that refresh button, hit that reset button, and just really start the year off on a, on a great foot. And we're going to be doing that uh, starting next weekend. Uh, Pastor Jeff's going to kick off our prepare. It's a three-day spiritual journey, and uh, I've been here since the very beginning, 32 people planted Milestone Church. My wife and I were part of that 32, and I just want to say that... Um, Fasting and prayer has been a part of the recipe. It's been a part of how we've built uh, this church. And so we love it because there's no better way to start off your year than with God. And here's what I know. If you have a great year with God, you're going to have a great year. Come on, somebody. And so speaking of, of fasting, I, I heard of this story. Um, and it's a true story. It happened in Mount Vernon, Texas. And there was a bar uh, named Drummond's Bar. And they were um, expanding their operations and so they were, you know, doing well in their business, and, and uh, they wanted to expand, but there was a church who was in the same town, and they, they didn't want a bar expanded in their uh, town, so they, they went and started signing all kind of petitions, and then all of a sudden they said, man, we got to get real serious about this. Construction's happening, and this thing's going up, and so they started fasting and praying and seeking God, and crazy enough, like right before the opening of the new construction of this bar, a storm came through town, hit the building with lightning, and burned it all down to the ground. It was crazy. It was wild. I mean, the bartender was like, I don't know, what just happened? And man, these people, man, they started going around town bragging about praying and fasting and how powerful their prayers were. Well, the bar owner, he, he got word of this, so he took them to court. And uh, all of a sudden, man, the church members are backing up now. They're backpedaling, you know. And so uh, the judge, at the day of sentencing, he, he, he reads basically the verdict, and, and, and he says, I got a dilemma. Because it appears to be that we have a, a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and fasting, but we have an entire congregation of a church who does not believe in the power of prayer and fasting, and I don't know what to do. And so, uh, you know, it reminds me also when my youngest son, he's 14, when, when he was about kindergarten, first grade, he would, uh, he, just one day he comes around, he said he had a secret. And my wife, man, she's like, no, nah, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't play secrets in my house, you know? So we, he's like, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell. She's like, well, I'm going to fast and pray and, and ask God, to, you know, until you tell me your secret. He goes, well, you're going to starve to death. And so <laughs> he ended up giving up his secret. So 
We started this church, like I said, believing in, in, in fasting and prayer because I believe it's so important. I believe that there are really things that happen when we get in the right kind of atmospheres, where we come together as a church. Um, I've had some powerful experiences, and I'm sure you have on your own with God, but there's something even more powerful that happens collectively when we come together as his church and we begin to pray and seek God and worship. It just, it does something in you, but it just sets us up for an entire year. And uh, I, I just like to say it like this. We have no idea what's coming down the road in 2022. But if you fast and you pray, you're putting in your spiritual account something that you might need to withdraw down the road, right? And so we're sowing into our future. And so if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 17, and uh, we're going to get there in just a moment. It's a, a phenomenal story that I want to unpack in a moment, but maybe you're here and you're new. And, and maybe you've never fasted before, you're watching online, or you're at a house at McKinney, and maybe you haven't fasted before, so you're thinking, like, what is, what is fasting? Like, what is this all about? And maybe you have fasted, and maybe this would be just a good reminder for you, but, but what is fasting? And I think one of the best ways to talk about what it is is start with what fasting isn't. And, and I would say the first thing that fasting is not manipulating God. In other words, like, we don't go on a fast and, and go, okay, God, I fasted, so now you gotta show up and you gotta do something. Like somehow we strong arm God. Like somehow we manipulate God into doing something that's not his will. So it, it, that's, that's not what fasting uh, is all about. And, and fasting uh, isn't a way to show other people how spiritual you are. In fact, Jesus, he went around and, 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 and said, basically, when you fast, like, you know, wake up like any other day, wash your face, go about your day. Don't walk around with a somberness on your face to draw attention to yourself. And, and lastly, uh, fasting isn't a diet, okay? And so now, you might lose a couple pounds, right? And some of you are like, yeah, I could use that, but you're gonna gain it back when you start eating, okay? So let's just, let's just be real. But, but fasting's not just about not eating food, it's about praying and seeking God and bringing that together. In fact, what fasting is, the actual definition of fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Literally, the word fasting means to put one's hand over their mouth. And so I know sometimes they say, well, I'm gonna fast social media, I'm gonna fast this or that, that's great. But that's not really fasting. Fasting has to deal with food. That would be more abstaining. And if God leads you to do that, then do that. But when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about fasting food. And so there's many different kinds of fast. There's a partial fast. And that's where you would kind of eliminate maybe sweets from your diet or, or maybe meats from your diet or whatever. So it's a partial fast. And there's a, a full fast where um, that's maybe where you would just drink water or maybe some juices or something like that. There's a sun up to sundown. There's a Daniel fast. There's all kind of information out there about just do what God God has is, is, is called you to do, and so no legalism here. Um, but what is fasting? Fasting, it's an invitation. It really is an invitation. Like, it's not like commanded. It's implied, and we'll see that in a moment, but it's, 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 it's an invitation to go on a journey with God. It's an invitation to stop and to pause and to, you know, uh, detach ourselves from something and, and, and ba focus on God and, and let God do something. So it's an invitation. You'll, you'll draw close to God. He'll draw near to you. You'll hear his voice uh, uh, with more clarity. The word of God will become more alive to you. And so it's an invitation. But it's also a, a spiritual discipline. There are many spiritual disciplines in the Bible, and this is the one that Christians probably do the least, but it's, this is the most powerful discipline that we could do. And uh, in fact, in Matthew chapter six, Jesus gives three when you statements. He says, when you give, 
When you pray and when you fast. In other words, he's, it's implied that as a believer, those are the things we're gonna do. And here's what's so powerful about those three things. When you give and, and, and when you fast, you detach yourself from the hold of the world. And when you pray, you connect yourself to the next world, you connect yourself to God. And so I don't know about you, but in 22, we could, we could use a little less of the world and a little more of God and his plan and his purpose and his word in our life. And, and, and so it's a, it's a spiritual discipline. But the third thing would be fasting releases God's power and God's anointing in your life. And in this story that we're going to read in just a moment, there are certain things that happen that don't happen at any other time. There's, there's certain things in our life that we can't just do the normal, everyday kind of routine flow and expect to get some kind of results because there's certain situations and circumstances that require that we turn aside and we do different things. And, and fasting and praying is, is one of those things. So in Matthew 17, I told you that's where we're going to go. We're actually going to bounce between Matthew and, and Mark's gospel. There's a story that appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So when you read scripture and, and it's something kind of jumps out at you once, you probably should pay attention to it. If it's repeated twice, it's probably like, okay, God's really wanting us to get this. If it's three or more times, it's like God is adamant that we get a hold of what he's trying to say. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, God repeats himself. And so he's wanting us to really focus in on pay attention. And, and what happens right before this story is Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And what happens there is the glory that is on the inside is now radiated on the outside. So his glory is revealed. Some of his disciples are there. And then all of a sudden, Moses shows up and Elijah shows up and there's a cloud and God says, this is my beloved son and whom am I well pleased? Listen to him. And so the gospel writers, all of them, all three of them do this. They contrast two different scenarios. On the mountain, you have holy glory and honor and awe. And below the mountain, you have terror and you have desperation. Up on the mountain with God, you have a father who is pleased with this son and a son who is pleasing to his father. And below the mountain, we're going to see you have a father who is, you know, like tormented and terrorized. And you have a son who, that, who's in bondage. Because this story, there, there's a son who the Bible says that he's deaf, he's mute, so he can't communicate, he has seizures, and so not just regular seizures, he has grand mal seizures, which are you know, just crazy, but also there's this demon behind all of it. And so this demon tries to throw him into the fire and into the water, is trying to kill this kid. So you've got a kid who has sicknesses in his life that he needs healing, but he's also demonized and he needs an exorcism. And so this father is there and Jesus comes down from the mountain and he's met with this father in great desperation. And we pick up the story in Matthew 17, starting verse 14, it says this. And when they came to the crowd, a man came to him and was kneeling before him and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. And his father says, and I brought him to your disciples, and, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, and he said, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. 
And so you have this scenario where this son is, is in desperate need. You have a father that doesn't know what to do. He comes to the disciples, and they couldn't do anything with the situation. So we have to ask ourselves the question, have they cast out demons before? Absolutely, yes. Have they healed people before? They've healed a bunch of people. In fact, in Mark earlier, it says that Jesus sent them out and gave them authority over demons. In fact, it says that they went out and they anointed many people with oil and many people were healed. So we have a situation where something that normally would work is not working in this situation. And Jesus says, they're faithless. Pick it up in Mark's gospel. It says this, so they brought, so they brought him and when the spirit saw Jesus eat immediately through the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and he rolled around. He was foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The father says, from childhood, he answered. He often tried to throw him into the fire and the water to kill him. He says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And look at Jesus' reply, if I can do anything. Like, I'm God. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Like, God, I don't know, like, if, if, if you can deal with this situation with my son and my daughter, if you could show up and move this mountain, I don't know. And so he's, he hasn't seen the results that he wanted the first time, so now he's even doubting if God himself, Jesus himself, could do it. And so Jesus is like, if, if I can do it, he says, everything is possible for him who believes. And Jesus rebuked him, rebuked the spirit, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was instantly healed. Matthew verse 19, chapter 17 says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? In other words, it's worked before. Why is it not working now? Why could we not cast it out? He said, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21 but this kind come out only except by prayer and fasting. So in this situation, what normally would have worked is not working. And they don't understand because Jesus gave them authority over demonic spirits. They had healed people before, but now in this scenario, it's not working. And now the father's even doubting if Jesus, God himself, can heal his son. And Jesus says, you're faithless. That's the problem. What they thought was faith really wasn't faith. And sometimes what happens is what we do in our normal gifting and our normal mentality could get us some results. Have you ever prayed for someone and God like showed up in their life and you're like, seriously? Like we're kind of even surprised that God would show up and touch someone. Like, like you can see? I remember being on a mission trip before. Like these kids were praying. I was like, that, that dude can see? Really? Like, come on, Jesus. Like, I don't even know. You're just kind of doubting. Like, wow, that works, right? What this passage teaches us is that what they thought was faith wasn't faith. And Jesus said, if you just have a little bit of faith, like, if you have the real thing, you don't need a whole lot of it. He said, unless you have faith like a child, you can't even enter the kingdom of heaven. So a lot of people think I need this massive faith. And what Jesus clearly says in here is, no, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed and you really believe and you do not doubt, listen, there's a difference between I believe God could do that and I know God will do something. There are two totally different things. And so, like, if you have the real thing, 
man, God could show up and, and move. And this, this father is facing the mountain. Think about like, like the, the, the care that had to have gone in, like, like thrown into the fire and thrown into, you can't just leave this kid by himself. This spirit's gonna kill him. So like the father, why he has to go out to work, I mean, the entire family has to work together. I mean, and probably like all the neighbors and everyone around, they're so freaked out, this family's probably ostracized. They're probably not getting help from everybody else, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a crazy situation. Jesus comes in and he says, nothing is impossible to those who believe. But this kind does not come out without prayer and without fasting. What is the point in three gospels that Jesus is trying to get to us? It's this. Sometimes what we would normally do is not enough to get the results that we really need. Sometimes our normal everyday spirituality, our normal kind of routine is not enough to get the breakthrough in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your situation, whatever that mountain may be that you need to move, your normal everyday routine, Jesus is saying sometimes will not move that mountain. You have to fast and pray. And I believe that's why we have seasons where we turn aside and we say, God, I'm gonna start off my year seeking you because I have no idea what's coming. Maybe also though, I have a mountain that's in my way and it's not moving. And so I read in the Bible that if I fast and I pray, you're the God who can move mountains and I'm gonna trust you at your word. I was thinking about just the other day, thinking about testimonies and like, we've been doing this for so long now that like, this is not theory. Every year, testimony after testimony of people being healed, people being set free of bondages and addictions being broken, marriages being restored because people went on this three-day journey and fasted and prayed and God showed up. It's like, it's like we have like actual concrete evidence and I was thinking about Scott's story. 2018, he was diagnosed with uh, a rare uh, condition that would cause him to have to sleep with, with oxygen every night. He went on a sleep study to a doctor uh, in South Lake, and, and uh, the doctor said, look, man, your, your levels are at like 78%. You're gonna be on oxygen. He was 32 years old at the time. You're gonna be on oxygen for the rest of your life. And he just sat in his car for like 20 minutes as, and is like researching you know, the diagnosis, and he's like, God, this can't be. I mean, like, the doctor said, there's no, there's, there's no cure. There's no way around this. This is kind of your new reality. But prepare was coming up. Prepare, January 2019 was coming up, and he got his wife together. He's got a small group, and he said, we're going to fast and pray, and I got a mountain. I'm believing God's going to show up. And so a few, you know, uh, weeks go by, and he's getting ready, you know, and then and all of a sudden prepare hits, and he starts fasting and praying, and, and uh, Monday night, uh, you know, each night at Prepare, we have pastors that are up here, leaders that are up in front. We believe that the Bible teaches if there are any sick that you could anoint them with oil and that, that the God would heal them. And so man, he came down forward and he said this. He said, I have never been to a healing service, number one. And number two, I have never walked down to the front of an aisle of a church and asked the pastor to pray for me, but I needed to humble myself because I was facing a mountain. I came down and a pastor prayed for him and then four days later, he goes to follow up with his doctor for a follow-up sleep study. And the doctor's scratching his head. And he says, 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. I can't even explain it. But you went from 78% oxygen level to the last two nights, 98% oxygen level, and you don't need oxygen anymore, and I don't even know how that's medically possible. Scott sat down with them and talked to him about fasting and praying and God moving the mountain in his life. If God did it for Scott, God can do it for you. You're there in Hassel and you're saying, you know what, I, I, I've got a mountain in my life. God can do the same. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same in all these situations. A couple years ago, I took some guys on a trip to the North Cascades backpacking, some of our young next-gen leaders, and we had an amazing time. It was awesome, and um, I spent weeks preparing for this trip, like, getting all the gear ready and getting all the permits lined out and you know, mapping everything out and figuring out what trailheads we would enter and exit and, and, and reading trail reports and uh, you know, watching the weather and all that. There's a lot that goes into it, getting the flights and everything nailed down. And so um, I was excited because I had been on that journey before. I remember my first time backpacking. I was super nervous. There are animals, you know, you're out there where the wild things are, you know what I'm saying? And so there's things out there that, that are not in the city, you know? And uh, it's like, wow. But I've done it, and I faced those fears, and I overcame, and man, I, I knew, like, the reward. I knew what it would do to these guys. A couple of the guys had, like, been on a trip like this before, and several of them, the rest of them hadn't. It was their first time. You know, Flatlanders, you know what I'm saying? City boys. And so... The only camping they done is like, you know, when they were a kid, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, TV room or something like that, you know, staying up all night. I don't know. And so, like, we take off and we go, and, and two things were going to happen. I knew these two things were going to happen, but I knew, number one, they're going to have a phenomenal experience. They were going to have an awesome time. I knew that they would make memories that would last them a lifetime. I knew that they would see some things that they've never saw before, and I knew that those guys who went on that trip together, they were gonna come back, and they were gonna have an incredible bond. I knew that was gonna happen. I also knew, however, that this other thing was gonna happen. I knew how hard this trip was gonna be. I knew the elevation gain, I knew the terrain, I knew where we were going, and I had done it before, so I knew that they were gonna hit their limits. I knew that at some point, no matter how fit you are, how strong you are, no matter what you think you can do, every man and every woman has their limits, and I knew these guys were going to hit it. And I didn't know what was going to happen when they hit it, because some of them wanted to fight me, some were crying for their mom and wanted to go home, some was like at three in the morning, Pastor Tyrant. I'm like, oh my gosh. I knew they were going to hit their limits, but I knew it was their choice on how far they wanted to push past. Because I knew that they might not be doing that like I do for a hobby and I love to do it. They might only do it one time, but they would hit a limit, they would go past it, and they were gonna come back better and stronger than they ever were before. It was worth it for me to put all that effort for them to experience what they experienced. You know, as a church, every year, we prepare for you to go on a three-day spiritual journey. For those of you who are new and you've never done it before, oh, I know. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I know what you're going to experience. I know how God is going to blow you away. I know how your faith is going to be increased. I know how God's going to show up in marriages. He's going to show up in finances. He's going to show up in kids' lives. He's going to show up in business ideas. He's going to show up with healings. and science. He, God's going to do that, but I also know you're going to hit a wall. Because fasting is not the easiest thing in the world to do. 
You're gonna get hungry. Like as soon as you make the decision to fast, three o'clock that day, you're like, I'm, I'm hungry. It's amazing. But like, we're all good. You, you'd probably be good for a month, some of us. You know what I'm saying? We're probably good, we'll be okay. You need to drink some water though, but I mean, we're gonna be all right. But here's the deal. If you go on this three-day journey, here's what I can promise you. As you draw close to God, God's gonna draw close to you. The Bible, that may seem just like words on a page, if you get in the word of God and you read it while you fast, it's living, it's active and powerful, it's gonna jump off, those pages is gonna get in here and I'm telling you, faith is gonna ignite in your heart. God's gonna give you spiritual eyes, maybe to see certain things that you've been seeing with natural eyes, he's gonna help you see it with discernment in a different way. So maybe how you've been praying is not getting some answers and God's gonna say, this is how I want you to pray and attack that situation and boom, with precision, you focus your energy and your efforts and God shows up. It's going to happen. And so we've, we've prepared a three-day journey and part of that is there's some, there are some things that we've prepared for you so that you can engage Okay, there's some prayer guides that we have, and these things are amazing. They're great tools. So starting next weekend when Pastor Jeff preaches, man, let me encourage you, grab that prayer guide. And it's not just for the three days. This will be something that will fuel you for the, for the, the next, this whole year. You can go back and, and read that. Um, Pre-service prayer. Man, there's something that happens. I have a hard time explaining it, but... Like when you come together collectively, there's a power, there's an anointing, there's a presence that's expressed through God's people that's just amazing. And you get around other people that are praying and fasting and they're believing God to do something in their life, man, it just encourages you and builds you up, right? Here's what I do know, okay? We have a QR code that we're gonna throw up on the screen. And so I want you to take out your phone real quick and like take a scan, a photo, whatever that is you do, just scan this thing. You know what to do, right? You guys are, you guys are technological savvy. So scan that and what's gonna happen is gonna bring you to a page that gives you all kind of information about prepare, okay? Couple things that we're gonna do different this year that we're really excited about is that you're gonna get a, a devotional Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning while you're fasting. You're gonna get a devotional in your inbox and so that you can kick off your day with the word and we're all kind of doing that together. Also on all our social channels at noon, we're gonna go live and there'll be a pastor who will you know, be there and we'll kind of expand on the devotional. We'll have a prayer thought together. So instead of maybe kind of what you would normally be doing at lunch, you can pull aside, open up your phone, and you can engage with us. Because the night meetings are important, but we also wanna fuel you throughout the day. But here's, here's, here's the problem that we wanna solve. We had over 1,400 people uh, go through our 101 in our growth track. That's the first step in our growth track this past year. So there's a lot of people who have joined the church. Okay, and so uh, if you're at Hassett, um, you know, they're gonna be at the Marriott at Champion Circle. McKinney's gonna be at the McKinney campus, but we have here on site at Keller, but we have an on-site venue that's fully uh, climate controlled. I know it's like 17 degrees, or at least it was when I woke up this morning. It's gonna be warm in that on-site venue, okay? It's gonna be right out here. It's gonna be awesome, and guess what? Every person who attends, uh, especially on Monday night, you're gonna get a free copy of Dr. John Maxwell's brand new leader leadership book as our gift to you. So it's going to be awesome. It's a lot of information. What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you whatever your next step is, take that next step. Maybe it's fasting for the first time. Jump in. How do I fast? Well, 
You can do a partial fast, you can do a full fast, you can do a Daniel fast, sun up to sundown fast. Just do whatever you feel comfortable with. Maybe for some of you, you fasted before you never come to pre-service prayer. Maybe, maybe come early and pray. Help be a part of creating that atmosphere, you know, that's contagious. Maybe, maybe your next step is, you know, it's to come down and have someone pray for you. If you have like a mountain in your life that you believe in God to move. I don't know what your, what your next step is, but here's what I'm just asking us all to do. Let's start off this year in God's presence, in God's word, fasting and praying. Because here's what I know to be true. If you and I have a great year with God and our families, we're gonna have a great year. I don't know what's coming down the next months and weeks, 2022. But I trust in Jesus and I know he's already been there and I know he's gonna walk with me no matter what happens. But I'm gonna start off this year sowing into my spiritual bank account so when the time comes, if I need to make a withdrawal, I have something to draw from. It's not just three, it's three days. It's these three days that are gonna follow you for the rest of this year. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to you, God, this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you are a mountain-moving God. And I thank you, Lord God, that nothing is impossible for you. And God, as we read today in this story, it was a man who was in desperate need for his son to get freedom and healing. God, you pointed out the problem. You said, listen, what you normally would do in some situations are not gonna get the results in other situations. There's a time to pause and to turn aside and to fast and pray. So Lord, as we prepare ourselves for this three-day journey, God, Lord, would you just stir our hearts with faith? Would you just help us to write down what are the areas that we need breakthroughs in? What are the areas, God, that we need mountains to move? And as we seek you, God, we're starting off saying, Lord, I'm putting you first. We're putting a deposit into that account that we're probably gonna have to draw from at some point in this year, but Lord, we've made the deposit. God, I thank you for your faithfulness to meet us when we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.